Well, thank you guys for joining us at this uh, Anna Bros creative podcast. Uh, we are reviewing the live-action movie of uh, Blade of the Immortal. Originally a uh, manga, of course, um, and then uh, it is Takeshi Miike's 100th film. Um, joining me is uh, Stacy, uh, Jason, um, and I am Josh. Uh, Laban was scheduled to be here, but um, he is not. He's been delayed by something, uh, and I'm sure he'll have a terrible excuse uh, later on about that. Yes. Now, this is uh, Takeshi Miike's 100th film. If you're not familiar with his works, he tends to do very violent and very odd movies. Um, I, I think what most people are familiar with is going to be uh, Ichi the Killer, uh, which features a guy jacking off while he watches a girl undress, and then he, you know, he kills people. It gives it all away in the title. There was also uh, Audition, which is another creepy, violent type of movie that many years later after seeing it, I can still remember the girl going like, kitty, 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 as she was cutting a guy with piano wire. Well, you got to keep the guy from escaping. It's kind of, uh, <laughs> what was that, uh, uh, the American uh, uh, one where the author gets his legs broken? Misery. In Misery, uh, the famed novelist Paul Sheldon is, uh, is in a car accident, mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, this person finds him as a big fan. Mm-hmm. My family guy did a, a thing with this with Brian. Anyways, to keep the guy from escaping, she breaks his legs, puts a block of wood between the legs, ah. and hits it with a sledgehammer. In addition, Wonderful. getting back to the point, yeah. uh, they take piano wire and wrap it around as she slowly slices through his feet. She also kills his dog. Spoilers. Spoilers for movies that that came out in the late 90s or early 2000s. Sorry, guys. No, we're not. <laughs> we're not actually sorry. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a hundred films. Uh, isn't there like Full yes. Metal Jacket, Yakuza? Oh, yes, yes. I was just looking through the list of some of his other ones and just seeing titles like, yes, Full Metal Yakuza. He also did a live-action JoJo's Bizarre Adventure movie recently, which we have not seen yet, maybe. Has that been released? It's been released in Japan, it looks like, but probably not here. Anyways, uh, I I would seek him out. He he does have very interesting uh, movies. Of course, the one we were talking about today is his 100th film, Blade of the Immortal. If you guys have not uh, seen or heard anything about this uh, 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 storyline, you know, manga and uh, live-action movie, um, it is pretty basic uh, uh, description. Curse with immortality, a highly skilled samurai in feudal Japan promises to help a young woman avenge the death of her parents. Their mission leads them into a bloody battle with a ruthless warrior and his band of master swordsmen. So, like I said, pretty generic yes. and uh, Japanese revenge uh, flick. Uh, this with a few changes, namely he's immortal, well, and he has a blade or two <laughs> or eighteen. I don't think they ever gave a, a distinct number of blades he has, no. or where he keeps them. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, camera space. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Yes, and the manga, the manga was originally published between 1993 to 2012, so it was quite a long-running series, so obviously the movie did not adapt the complete story, but while none of us have actually read the manga, we do have some points that, uh, of differences from that story. Well, yeah, because a lot of Japanese adaptations of manga kind of have the same uh, pros and cons, uh, regardless of which ones they are, they don't always... Vary it up on that. So, uh, yeah, so uh, Jason, what was your uh, highlights of this film? 
He seemed to have access to hammer space. Those that don't know what that <laughs> is, uh, Deadpool has this ability as well, if you've seen that movie. He basically pull anything out of anywhere, uh, although most of it seems to come out of his kimono. Is that what he's wearing? Yeah, the kimono sleeves. And he's yeah. just like... He just kind of flicks his wrists and magically a giant hammer appears. Or <laughs> blades or giant shuriken or whatever. And stuff that uh, clearly you would, uh, wouldn't be able to run with uh, if everything was hidden in there. Well, I think what it's doing is it's showing that... Because uh, each blade, I think, is somebody he's taken mm. uh, from... A, a, um, the guy is killed. Okay. Uh, I mean, the film starts off with him killing, what, 100 guys? Yeah. Uh, all because they kidnap his uh, sister. One of the blades he uses throughout the rest of the film is the sort of the guy who uh, kidnaps his uh, sister. Right. And, and that's one of those issues, uh, uh, just to bring that up, because we're probably going to address it a couple of times, where when you adapt from a long-running manga, you said, how long did you go for? Yeah, from 93 to 2012. I mean, I'm, there could have been hiatuses years. or whatever. Hiatus. I mean, there's things like Berserk that have been running that long, but they take so many hiatuses that it's not really that long for the amount of time it's well, been Then it should put, like, oh, it ran from here to here, and then here to here. Yeah. Uh, but either way, any long story... Because I'm sure you'll you'll find more of the stories of each of those swords mm. uh, uh, that he has collected, each of those weapons, uh, which I think itself would be interesting, and so it might make you know the manga uh, worthwhile a look. Right. Uh, but uh, he is immortal, and so this takes place uh, at least the movie takes place uh, like uh, 50 years after uh, he uh, uh, kills 100 guys. He is of course mortally wounded in the process, and a old mysterious lady. Put some uh, Chinese uh, um, bugs in him, yes. uh, worms, um, blood worms, blood worms. Yep. yeah, to in effect make him immortal, yeah, yeah. which uh, also seemed to infect or affect his clothing, because uh, <laughs> yes. uh, since he's a male protagonist, his clothing doesn't disappear; it gets cut, but then it magically is back to normal. Uh, the next scene, boo. <laughs> Well, I don't think Takeshi Miki has ever really been one for... Fan service? Yeah. Like, major fan service yeah. type thing. And, uh, and it's Japan, so they're not going to do major fan service to like a female audience. Well, I do have... <laughs> kind. There kind of was. I mean, the main villain, villain was quite uh, <laughs> nice looking, I would say. <laughs> so that is fan service for me. Uh, that's eye candy, <laughs> I guess, not fan I guess. service. I suppose so. But. Yeah, yeah. If uh, him and Manji like uh, do the Kabudon, which is you push him one up against uh, the wall uh, and press your face close, that would be fan service for the ladies. True. <laughs> yeah, uh, we didn't get uh, anything like that. Yes. So just being attractive, I don't think is fan service. Well, I guess having the be shown in or pretty boy type villain though is does seem to have somewhat of a something for the ladies in the audience to enjoy, mm. which I did. <laughs> Clothing magically uh, mends itself, uh, although even though he has immortality, uh, he doesn't really seem to get healed to 100%. Um, as the, uh, the story progresses, um, he noticeably starts having kind of a limp or is not able to move around as much. Um, and it seems like, so, uh, the, what was it, Witch Baba or whatever her mm. name was? Yaoi um, Kuni. Who's, uh, 
comes out and is wearing the white mage outfit from uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy. Really, it just seems like it grants him uh, auto-regen, but it only really seems to heal him to 80%. Well, I think it, it's kind of addressed in the film, and it, it is something that's in the manga as well. One of the people he fights, this is going to be a spoiler, also has the blood worms, mm-hmm. and also is aware of a blood worm poison, right. which gets applied pretty early on. So I think that's part of why he never seems to fully heal mm-hmm. uh, throughout, uh, because they're weakened and they take longer to do so. Uh, unless you feed them sake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sake does help them out. I think one thing uh, with the, the blood worms, I mean, when you're it's like a not-immortal guy, he still killed a hundred guys. <laughs> now, he died after that, but he kills a hundred guys in the opening scene. After that, he seems to get lazy and is just like, fine, just stab me and I'm just going to stab you back. Yeah. And that seems to be just his game plan uh, thereafter. So when he does kind of get a little bit more mortal uh, because of the weakening of the blood worms, uh, he doesn't really seem to have any of his tricks of not getting stabbed. Yeah. Yeah. He's constantly, uh, like was mentioned, uh, he takes out a hundred uh, mooks or uh, uh, small fry with minimal effort. It's not towards the until the end of the fight when uh, he starts getting limbs hacked off like it's a Monty Python thing, <laughs> and continues to keep going. But uh, once he becomes immortal, uh, well, I guess after fifty, a hundred years, uh, I just started getting. Uh, yeah, okay, uh, you're going to hit me, and then uh, we'll, we'll just cut you after. And you see that a little bit with uh, other characters like Wolverine. Or uh, other Marvel characters that have a good healing factor. Well, I, I think what writers tend to do is, you know, okay, he's immortal, so he can take these injuries. Wolverine has this, and Manji even says it. It's like the the regeneration does nothing to help with the pain. Yeah. But I think when you're just writing it, you don't always think about how terrible it is to get stabbed. So I think even if you were immortal and you could instantly regen, you'd still probably try and avoid doing so. Yeah. Um, unless you're, like, if you're fighting, like, a fast-type opponent or something like that, where that's, like, you're only opening. That's pretty of a, mm-hmm. a, a standard uh, uh, setup. So, yeah. you know, time memorial, you have the fast person and the slow person, the slow person has to wait until the fast person kind of gets in there. And in those situations, which, you know, does come up, because it's very, a very st- uh, uh, stereotypical fight. Mm. Like, like a setup fight, I, there's probably, like, six types, so you should say th- you'll find these and stuff like that. One Punch Man. Mm-hmm. You have uh, uh, Sonic... Mm-hmm. Right, speed of sound yes. sonic. Yeah. Speed of sound sonic. It's the same thing. Um, Saitama just kind of sits there, or kind of starts matching his speed, but just well, waits for him. He just waits for him, and then he comes in and punches his junk. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> done. But he doesn't like chase after him because we're going after the fast person. You don't do that. So it's the same thing that Manji will do, or Wolverine in that situation. But everything else, you think they would try to avoid being stabbed? Yeah, because it does hurt. It still does have an effect because uh, it. Especially here, uh, Manju's uh, healing factor isn't very quick, um, so it starts to hinder him as the fight progresses. Mm. So, I mean, we've talk, been talking about a lot about the main character, uh, Manji. Um, I don't think we actually oh, said, said that was the guy. Yes. Um, but the secondary character is uh, Rin, um, a little girl that reminds him of his uh, sister, who is now deceased. Um, and so, of course, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I reluctantly help because I'm a stoic samurai that's lived too long and seen too much, and I don't want to get involved in other people's lives anymore. 
But you remind me of my sister, so I will help you. Yeah, uh, once again, kind of a stereotypical. Mm -hmm. I think overall, I would say that the storyline is pretty typical for a samurai revenge uh, story. You do have the the girls also training to be a a swords person because her father ran a... Is it still called a dojo if it's swords? I think yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Miss M one. I just, I just had a thought. <laughs> okay. So yeah, so he runs a a swordsman school. Well, but I'm, I'm going to say though is once again this is a typical Japanese story. So hmm. while she is the heir to the uh, uh, her father's dojo, mm-hmm. um, is one of his best students, and is set to take over despite all social uh, uh, norms with that. Uh, I mean, we're we're talking about uh, um, Riona Kenshin. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I'm talking about uh, Ramana One Half with Akane, Akane Tendo. At the end of the day, they are still helpless dames mm-hmm. that can't do anything. I mean, the whole last battle is just him protecting her, which you know he is Leo Jimbo. But they also set her up once again as a person who's been training with the sword. Uh, her entire life is tomboyish, uh, and that's why she's doing this. But at the end of the day, it's still completely ineffectual. Really, her only ability is uh, fan of knives, and it's a one-shot <laughs> deal. Uh, and she doesn't even do anything with that. She accidentally injures uh, 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 Manji. Yeah. She misses every single time except uh, the uh, climax fight, and even then he hits uh, the main character in the back. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's not to say that there's not, like, powerful female characters there. Yeah, yeah. You have the love interest of the villain, Onotsu, who seems to actually do better uh, at that thing that we were just talking about, about not getting hit. Yes. Uh, because she doesn't get hit in this fight with, uh, uh, you know, a couple hundred, uh, um, well, I, could, I think more than that. Okay. I, I never got a final kill count uh, on this thing. <laughs> there's, like, thousands of people in this final <laughs> battlefield. <laughs> Uh, like it's a uh, uh, Samurai Warriors? No. Uh, oh, yeah, Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, Dynasty Warriors game. Yeah. And uh, uh, she goes through, mows through everybody, and then uh, the uh, Shogunate guy uh, calls upon the rifle squad, and she jumps up to uh, attack them, and then she's finally hit. No, no, actually she is finally hit when they shoot at uh, uh, her love interest, Oh, Onotsu, she goes to protect them. And then she protects Yeah, so she deliberately gets hit. That's the only time she's actually hit. Yeah. And after that, she's like, well, I'm already dead. So she just does a charge at them. Yeah. They get another a line of people, which are, you know, is one of those things that I was actually really grateful about is they didn't show that the same people were shooting again because they wouldn't be able to reload at that time. They actually had a second line. Yeah. So there's at least a little bit of uh, attention reality. To attention to the detail of that Because the movie takes place, uh, uh, was it uh, Reform? Reformation era? No, 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 no. Uh, before that, because it's still the Tokugawa, because uh, oh, okay. the uh, Shogunate. Uh, so it's mid Tokugawa Shogunate period. So okay. like 1700. Uh, yeah, something like that. Okay. So it's, black it, powder, uh, rifles, and. Yeah, yeah, well, it's even like matchlock. Yeah. Because you just hit a point, you know, when the, the Tokyo was really shut off Japan, and then you don't really have any major developments. Like, something in 1650 is not going to be that much different than, you know, 1840 even, mm-hmm. uh, because there's a shut up. I mean, 
you can have some uh, minor differences. I'm sure, you know, the arts and the crafts and all that has developed a bit. But for technology-wise, they didn't really... They didn't work on improving it. Exactly, exactly. And that's one of the things with the, um, you know, major restoration that they really pushed for. But that's a side topic. If we were uh, reviewing a Rona Kenshin movie, we'd talk about that. Because that's, that's really the one you, you watch for that. Do you want to talk about... Uh, what do you, I think we can talk about, Ren. Um, you want to move oh, to... Oh, yeah. I guess, well, I was talking about a bit about the, the slight disappointment with oh. her character, where she has a sword in her hand, but, like, in the final battle, she's next to Manji with a sword in her hand, but she's just, like, cowering and... Uh, it, it almost but, like, seems like... Uh, it's clear that the uh, actress doesn't really know how to wield the sword, because uh, even though... Is she's supposed to be somebody who's trained with the sword for 18 years, doesn't really know how to hold it. I don't think she's 18. I think that's if there was a legal release. <laughs> yeah, okay. Everybody in this film is totally. I think she was a teenager. She's probably I don't like know if they 15. Ever specifically said her age? But I don't. I don't think they did. But I would. I would assume she was younger than that. She was marriageable age in that time in Japan. So, so 12. <laughs> so it's interesting that you say it. If you look at the. At the beginning, when she's in the dojo, she obviously knows how to uh, uh, wield a sword. Yeah. She's confident. Yeah. She's doing uh, the kata. Uh, she's actually fighting against successive students uh, with that. It's I think, once again, it's not the actress or anything like that. I think it's the direction mm-hmm. of uh, uh, given to her uh, to be timid at that thing, so the sword's shaking in her hand. I mean, it's a, lot, it's a big difference between being in a dojo and doing uh, sparring. Mm-hmm. And then actually, like, seeing people kill and stuff like that. However, between those periods is, like, two years, actually. Because uh, she doesn't find yeah. Manji until, like, a year after her uh, uh, parents are um, uh, murdered. Right. So she should be a little bit more, you know, used mm-hmm. to it. It's still, a, you know, a feudal period. It's a, it's a period where people are just being murdered. I mean, not the period itself, but in the movie, this stuff is happening. She's trying to track down these killers. So you think she would get a little bit more hardened with that. But I don't think she actually ever kills anybody. And then leaves that to Manji. I thought she helped at the very end. Yes, but not, you know, she still had to be, you know, handheld to that point. And that's at the end of the movie. You know, I think maybe to protect her innocence and stuff like that. I mean, that's one of Manji's big things to carry through with everything and uh, protecting her is just that, to protect her, not just physically, but maybe emotional, uh, touching on the points that you find in a lot of Things about, you know, once you kill a person, you're haunted forever, and yeah. it changes you. Well, they did bring up, like, at the beginning of the movie where he was like, you know, what what makes you so right to do this? And she's like, I don't care if this is right or wrong. I just want revenge. Mm. And that, you know, that kind of comes up later in the movie with the revenge because then you find out that that her family and then the main villain's family, they had, they, their grandfathers had some, you know, tiff going on. And so it's like... So, you know, it could be seen as he's getting revenge for his family, but she wants revenge for her family. So they're, you know, they're both trying to get revenge, basically. So, mm. who, you know, who can be right and wrong if both sides are just trying to try something that was wronged to them? Mm. Well, I think one thing is hers was a lot more personal. It, she was like this guy. Well, the uh, well, Anotsu was like. It's the government system. Yeah. You know. Uh, so, he had a little bit more lofty. Not saying that he was right in, in anything or that she was wrong in anything, but uh, the way they took the revenge was a lot different because he could have killed her. Yeah. You know, he actually uh, specifically forbade her from being killed, which... 
is why you never do that. <laughs> if you leave a survivor, they will always come back in a couple years, either fully train themselves or with somebody else over in your plants. So, uh, what, uh, freezing Vegeta type of thing? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, don't leave this, this kid alive. This could never possibly go wrong in any way. Yeah, no, like, never do that. Um, you know, I've said a couple times, I'll keep saying this as we discuss the film, I, you know, I found it pretty formulaic. Once you watch enough stuff, you'll be drawing, you know, comparisons with other things you have. I don't think whether the Immortal really breaks any new ground. It, it's bloody. Um, like if you like Quentin Tarantino films, <laughs> you actually might not like this one because they don't just sit around talking incessantly <laughs> about inane stuff before they get to the violence. They just get to the, on the violence. The bodies don't dematerialize uh, <laughs> like you see in other movies. So <laughs> towards the or, so the beginning fight, a uh, hundred guys. As he's killing each one, they all fall over and they all stay laying on the ground. So if you're basically an extra in the movie, uh, you get killed, then you lay down on the ground for about seven hours while they com- continue uh, completing the scene. And from there, let's see, what was it? Oh, uh, you, you uh, can clearly see that sometimes they almost trip over the bodies as they're, uh, because they continue moving along as he's mowing down people. Mm. And you can and you see all the uh, dead bodies lying on the ground in the background the entire time. Well, in the foreground and yeah. around the ground. And around the river of blood flowing <laughs> yeah, in yeah. the middle. Once again, that was a nice touch. Uh, there was a creek running through the village at the end, and it is red. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, like the rest of the ground is not. Yeah. Like, around the body, there is a pool of blood, but with that much there, and if, especially if the... the uh, I guess there could be bodies upstream mm-hmm. that are really coloring it, but... Uh, uh, um, I don't recall how much blood is in a uh, human body, but uh, it's enough more than make a, you know, like a... I think it was like, what, Two foot to the curl. Seven pints, seven quart? Yeah, something like that. Seven That's three pints. Seven pints, I think. I don't know, some weird English measurement. <laughs> um, Just for you, Jen. <laughs> yeah. We got you, Jen. Uh, one thing with this one, like, it's violent. People get their limbs hacked off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't get a lot of blood spray. No. Just here and there. There's a little, sometimes, a little bit. Sometimes, but not... Um, a lot uh, that you'd see in a lot of other uh, films. Um, I think any any blade is dangerous. You know, we talk about like swords and stuff like that. But I think in Japanese films, they always try to really emphasize that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why you see so many people being dismembered, right, and heads cut off, is because of uh, of that. So not not quite the Monty Python comedic member method, but. Uh, so maybe a couple steps above that. Yeah. Well, there is the part where his hands been uh, he has cut off his hand mm-hmm. because it's been hit with like a, a, a it's like a wrapped meat, up. It's wrapped up like a, a meat hook type situation, yeah. and uh, he, he I don't think he can regenerate limbs. Um, no, he can't regenerate. He, so he, so he has to get he it can back. Only reattach. Yeah, yeah. So he has to get it back. So you don't have any uh, comedic situations like he had in the new Deadpool uh, right. film where he has his little baby hand he's going to uh, uh, <laughs> masturbate with. That way his penis feels huge in his hand. Yes. Uh, yeah, because there, there's a part where yeah he cuts his hand off. He starts. To, uh, he finally gets done uh, dealing with the uh, the enemies at the time. 
starts to walk away, looks down, is like, oh, crap. Walks back up to the tree where it's kind of uh, uh, it's like hooked around laying on the, the ground, yeah, yeah, around the tree, and yeah. on the fiddles with his hand yeah, for with a little bit, and, mm-hmm. and then kind of holds his hand up to the stump, and it starts to mend together. Yeah, well, all the worms are yeah. fiddling together. I guess we talked a little bit about the the CGI effects. It was fairly well done. Yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't jarring. Like yeah. some Japanese films, it's like ugh, you well, uh, Tokyo Ghoul. Uh, yeah, what was a good example of I mean, where this. That one wasn't that bad, but it could have been better. It could have been better. Well, like for that one, Tokyo Ghoul, you could clearly see that it was CG. This one, yeah. they did a good job at um, putting enough filters on it so that it looked more realistic. Yeah, yeah. No, I think they did a fairly good job with that one. <laughs> There's a lot of characters. <laughs> In this one, you have a long-running manga. You know, we were t- I talked about that. Uh, you have a lot of secondary characters. Now, one of the problems uh, when we do an adaptation uh, adaptation like this is they'll still put all these people in the movie, mm-hmm. but unless you've read the manga or watched uh, uh, even like the anime, usually you won't know who these people are. And if if you do, I think you might get some disappointment of, oh yeah, there's that character from this one arc. She's really cool. She did all this sort of stuff. There's particularly a, a girl with like blonde hair uh, in the movie, but then she actually never does anything other than sit in a room or walk into a room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do a, do a couple lines, complain a little bit, and then cut away. Exactly, exactly. So like I said, it's for people who've already seen the other supplemental uh, or, or like primary source, if you will, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, information. And then it's just like, oh, yeah, I know that person. I get that reference. Yeah. But if you have, don't have that background, it, 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 it's, it's a little waste. To put it in a very old example, the... Uh the X movie from the late nineties no was that. condensing a you know a long running manga series that had a lot of characters. Like each each side of the story had like you know seven people. So basically, a lot, in the movie version, it's like some people just showed up and did a line and then they die. Yeah. Whereas in the manga, it's like they had you know all these chapters about their story arc and everything. It's, well, yeah, and it, I don't know. I I would prefer if they would just cut stuff and make it work in a two hour uh, uh, piece mm-hmm. um, rather than trying to shoehorn every possible thing in. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's an adapt adaptation. You have to adapt it to your format. You have two hours as opposed to, you know, two decades yeah. to uh, go through something, trim it. You don't have to have all those same guys there. Like, if, if a situation comes up where you need that person, mm-hmm. you know, there's like the evil shogunate guy that uh, was there. Yeah, you needed him. So bring him in, but you don't need a... Like, all of his lackeys could just be generic lackeys. Because I think if you can go through the effort of bringing those people back, like, utilize them more. Sometimes movies do like you know they make a new character, but it's kind of they kind of play the role of some of these other characters that existed in the source material. Exactly, Sometimes that's better than trying to put them all there when they don't have much purpose. Right. Yeah. In this case, uh, her and uh, her sidekick were basically there only because they were associates or working with the uh, Bone Wolverine guy. Yeah, yeah. The, I guess the, the secondary villain. What were the differences in the villains? Anotsu is a kind of an evil guy. He's going around murdering people. But he has like a higher goal. Where the other guy is just literally like a murderer and a, rap- uh, and a rapist. Yeah, because that, that's his issue with them. Is he tries to start raping people. Yeah, and then only hits hits Ren because 
at that point in the film is where she becomes more of just a, uh, a foil to Manji as opposed to being a character in her own right. So to get him motivated to stop the guy, she has to be hit. Right. <laughs> Potentially setting up for another movie or because they they encountered it, they needed a, a small little side arc to bring in another antagonist and just to add in a little bit more character development for Rin. It's been announced that they will be doing a second Blade of the Immortal? Yes. Yeah. I, when um, I was looking up notes for today, I saw a trailer for Blade of the Immortal 2. Search mm. for more money. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think they had planned on that. Right. I think it must have gone pretty well um, uh, for them to do that because they didn't really have any loose ends. The secondary mm-hmm. villain... Uh, we call him Bone Wolverine because uh, he gets his hand cut off and then he like strips the flesh back more. I don't understand why uh, to make like a claw out of his fore, uh, his, his um, yeah, the two bones? bones in his arm, his, yeah, forearm bones, whatever. And he's gonna stab people, which what he would not do at all. It, it is crazy. Uh, he's crazy. His hair turns white and he blames Manji for it. it I don't know. Read the manga. Um, <laughs> He like he, he dies at the end, so it's not like they're they're using him to set up for the next one, right? Um, and that was probably the bloodiest moment. <laughs> yeah, of the movie I would say. Yeah, and probably the most uh, during of the CGI. Yes. Yeah, because I think they 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 went overboard uh, with that uh, uh, with that blood uh, with that one. We've got uh, we could talk a little bit more about uh, which Baba. But I mean, she kind of well, she just shows up and yeah, it's like here's blood, here's blood worms. Then she, then she shows sure up you? throughout the movie, like hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. what's a, going a guiding on? Figure or something <laughs> for a couple of them because she directs Rin to go find uh, Manji, and mm. then later on she talks to somebody else as well, and just kind of. Moves the story on to the next arc is mm. usually when she shows up. Yeah, it's true. Uh, uh, the witch, uh, I, I forget the Japanese. Hmm? We, we keep calling her Baba because of well, uh, like the a name was, Russia thing. Was Yao Bikuni. Yeah, Yao Bikuni. Yeah, uh, she's an interesting character, mostly because they don't explore anything about her. So there's a lot <laughs> mystery. of mystery. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, she, she serves as uh, as we were saying, like the. The driving Impetus force. Impetus to the plot. Yeah, she's the creative. She, she's yeah. the one that turns Manji immortal. She's the one that tells Rin uh, to find Manji. She's the one that tells Manji to get off his ass and... Uh, um, Do something th- because then uh, you can become mortal again. No, no, no. She's like, oh, no, you can choose to be mortal at this point in time and die and that's it. Oh. Or you could suck it up keep ha- and keep living mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, help Rin accomplish her task. I don't know why she chose to help Rin out of it. Probably everybody else uh, that has a grudge in uh, medieval Japan. Um, <laughs> For that one, it was more of an overarching thing of, well, she looks like Manji's sister, so that... That motivate should actually him. motivate him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But once again, they don't explain her motives. No. So what is she doing? In the manga, uh, he's supposed to kill a thousand evil men uh, to regain his immortality. Regain his mortality, But that's not stated in the movie. It's something I looked up later. And so you don't know why she's doing stuff. Obviously, you know, with the, the manga version, he has to kill a thousand evil men. So she's there as a force of mm-hmm. good. 
to eliminate evil men from the world mm-hmm. by empowering this guy to go kill him. Mm-hmm. Of course, if she's that powerful, you think she could also just go around doing it. Well, it's, if she's a uh, divine figure, then uh, they can't directly interact with the world. Mm, it depends on your version of that. This yeah. is Japan. Everything's divine. <laughs> Rock is sitting over there. That's divine. <laughs> yeah. But I, once again, kind of a stereotypical shadowy person that bestows gifts and uh, um, directs everything but does not take a hand in it. I found the film overall to be stereotypical. Not a lot of surprises, but Generally, I found it to be very enjoyable. Yeah. Um, it was well done, I would say. Mm-hmm. Even if, you know, things were expected. Yeah, um, going into without knowing anything about it, it, it was a good two hours of mm-hmm. entertainment. I mm-hmm. think it had pretty good uh, fight choreography. Though we did mention a bit earlier, sometimes he got into the, oh, they stab him and he stabs them back. But there were scenes where, you know, it went a bit beyond that. Like, when Manji first encountered the... I guess she was she kind of a ninja geisha girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the love interest of Anotsu. Yeah. They had a pretty good fight at the beginning where, you know, she was kind of using the space they were in to do different things while he he was still just kind of like trying to hack away at her, but it yeah, was kind of interesting. Yeah, brute force method. Yeah, while she was creating more interesting choreography within that scene by mm-hmm. using the buildings and other things. Yeah, I think the fight with her and then the mass fights, the beginning and the end. Yeah. I think those are good. The ones where it's just him uh, fighting uh, uh, people. Good comparison uh, uh, manga slash anime slash movie would be Ronin Kenshin, where you have these successful different villains that you're fighting, all the lackeys and the main guy that all have their little interesting quirks. Right. Um, but once again, like in the movie, uh, they don't have time to fully explore it. Uh, jumping back to the Ronin Kenshin live action movie, they have the guy with the tortoiseshell shield that kind of shows up in the background. <laughs> and that was one probably one of the more interesting fights in the manga itself, but you know they just you know relegate the guy to the background thing. So hmm. focusing on like a couple different fights and making them a lot better, like the fight with the the Anotsu's uh, love interest, one side of love interest. Hmm. Um, yeah, that that one that one was really well done. As hmm. is the, like I said, the, the the two main the Dynasty Warrior fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, especially the last one because it, it, it was actually quite mobile. Yeah, uh, too that they're moving around. They're, they're, uh, it basically goes through this entire village, mm-hmm. uh, starting at one end, and then they work their way around uh, the main street of the village of a thousand people. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd say another interesting fight was the one against the other immortal. Because like they're yeah you know, they're both immortal, so they can't use the exact t- same tactics as they would use with. When they're fighting someone else who's mortal, so they're mm. you know they're both trying to use their immortality to. Kind of. Except the other, the one that well, um, the other guy, um, he had been immortal longer, <laughs> so and he was tired of the shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that, but uh, clearly showed his experience uh, throughout that entire piece uh, because he just kind of it almost seemed like he decimated uh, Manji throughout the whole piece. I mean, he took a couple hits in the beginning, but really just to throw Manji off guard, and then he shows, or pops back up and says, here, have uh, anti, or here, have uh, anti-bloodworm venom, and... Well, yeah, uh, but then, 
<laughs> at the end, it's all of a sudden this kind of so they're like stabbing each other, which will grow to be ineffectual. Right. Uh, so it just kind of gets to a, 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 a brawl, like rolling around in the yeah. dirt, messing up a guy's like food stand. Yeah. You know, at least Monty apologized. <laughs> here, have a, here, here's a little coin for the uh, for the damages. Oh, no, no, he never paid the guy. Oh, he just oh, apologized. Right. He, he's yeah. like, oh, sorry, sorry about, about that. Sorry about that. Yeah. yeah, he's a samurai. He's not gonna pay fucking peasants. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how this works. <laughs> yeah, it is still a class system there. So yeah, exactly. So yeah, uh, uh, to, to like you know wrap it up, uh, I do say good movie, very enjoyable. Pretty much any adaptation, I will say, watch or read the uh, um, uh, anime or manga first uh, mm-hmm. to really get more out of it. And of course, the manga will probably have more stuff because the anime might also cut stuff out right. or they might change stuff. You know, Brotherhood is a great example mm-hmm. uh, where the full metal. Uh, with the, yeah, with the, uh, the original anime, the full metal one. Just kind of went off on their own. Not saying that's a bad thing because actually that's what I like. Yeah, this, you know, you don't have to do the same story. Yeah. Every time, it's it's more I think more about the characters. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see where they go in the second film. Yeah, um, Miike, um he has his uh, directing uh, skills down. Mm-hmm. I mean, hundred films in, he's not going to pull out anything <laughs> a lot different from probably yeah. his ninety eighth and 99th works <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So expect uh, uh, blood. Expect uh, a little bit of awareness. Um, it's probably why I was drawn to doing um, uh, Blade of the Immortal. I pretty much agree. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, uh, sign off. Yeah. Uh, well, what the fuck's a sign off? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, uh, this has been part of the Annie Bros uh, <laughs> group. Uh, this is part of the Annie Bros creative. Uh, we're hoping to do more reviews on uh, live action uh, or actually just any movie we'll that comes it. out. Yep. Uh, I mean, that's one of the best things about uh, um, right now is mm-hmm. that uh, these things come to theaters near you. Yep. Where back in my day, uh, to really age myself, uh, this this would never happen. We waited like three years for Spriggan the movie, and you guys probably have never even heard of Spriggan the movie, <laughs> to come out before we could watch it on VHS tape. Mm-hmm. Now... What's that? <laughs> now it's going to be like, oh, it's, it's just showing at the Regal Cinemas. Let's go watch this. Uh, so, uh, yeah, like I said, this is the first one of uh, many, many uh, uh, reviews. Um, we also might go back and review some ones that have come out. I mean, mm-hmm. We mentioned Tokyo Ghoul, we mentioned Ronan Kenshin, yeah. And I'm sure we can get uh, some of the actual Anabros people to come in and do a review of Shin Godzilla. Yes. Oh, yeah, yes. we could. Uh, I think that's uh, coming out uh, in uh, DVD format or has. Probably has. Probably already. has. We need to form a committee on that one. Oh, yes. yes. Let's, <laughs> let's have a meeting so then we can form a committee to decide who we're will actually be going to do it. in the next well, meeting. No, no, to decide if there is actually. In the DVD version. Yes. <laughs> and then you do to, one there. Yeah, to decide who's going to do the research <laughs> to determine if the DVD is there. Yes. Yes. So... It should be done in four to six months. Yeah. Yes. Probably. The, the way we do this. So, uh, anyways, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed uh, uh, listening to this. And please leave those comments below. Can they do that? Uh, <laughs> cut this if it's, uh, it's wrong, Jack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, we should have a comment thing back yeah. here. And then we should probably... Like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> Thanks, Axel. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we're off. <laughs>